The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are entrepreneurs and business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're also giving back to the community, and so can you. Welcome to Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking to make the most of yourself and your business, then you will want to stay tuned for the next hour. Here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of uh, chriscooper.co.uk, and I'm delighted to um, be on the show again with you for uh, yet another week. And uh, this week, we're going to talk about uh, how to sell in business today with uh, one of my favorite previous guests, uh, Frank Furness. Um, just before we start that, I'd also like to say a big thank you to um, Roger Harrop, who joined us again uh, last week and spoke about how to succeed in the new world of business. Um, but always when you um, talk with Roger, there's some tremendous uh, grounded uh, nuggets. Roger is a CEO expert, and uh, I would recommend, if you've not listened to that show, go back and listen to, uh, to Roger. So this week, I think we've got the perfect follow-up to that show on how to sell in business today with, with, with Frank. And Frank joined me 96 episodes ago uh, to talk about the social media revolution and the best new ways to promote your business online. And I can honestly say that I've never made more notes while interviewing a guest than on that show. And I actually had to, after that, I had to stop myself making notes because it could distract me from, uh, from doing the interview. And, and I'll go back and listen to them again. But um, there was so much um, brilliant information. And I, I put quite a bit of that information myself into, into practice. And I acquired some video equipment mentioned by Frank. And I've even used that equipment today and generated a return on investment from it. So... On today's show, we, we're going to talk about, you know, there's been the advances, there's been advances in neuroscience, in technology, globalizations, and shifts in attitude. And therefore, the way that we sell has to move with the times. So we're going to look at how you need to adapt your traditional selling approach, how to get your non-sales teams to also sell for you, and look at key areas to improve your online sales presence. And believe me, having got to know Frank, he could authentically sell snow to the Eskimos and they would be absolutely delighted. And there's no one better, I think, to talk about this subject. Um, Frank Furness, CSP, is an international sales and technology speaker and social media presenter. He's a specialist in sales, technology, social media and goal setting. Um, He's been the guest on many radio and TV shows and is the past president of the Professional Speaking Association of Europe. He currently spends 70% of his time speaking internationally. He's spoken in 53 countries. Uh, a regular speaker at Entrepreneurs University, his clients include the British Olympic team, the Professional Cricketers Association, Sporting Champions and Sport England. In 2009, he was awarded top speaker for Vistage Europe and in 2011 inducted into the Speaker Hall of Fame. In 2013, he was awarded Tech Australia Overseas Speaker of the Year and Frank has an internet marketing business with 72 websites all producing income. He's been an avid supporter of video marketing, and his YouTube channel has 650 videos, 
four million views and over six thousand subscribers. And he's also a partner in a successful insurance company in Europe, London. And so, a big welcome to Frank Furness. Hey, great, Chris! It's lovely to be on your show again, and thanks for inviting me. Oh, you're welcome. An absolute pleasure, Frank. Um, delighted to have you on. And, and I generally, generally meant what I said earlier on. Um, I loved that last show I did with you and uh, I learned a lot from it. So um, I reckon people need to have a pen and uh, a piece of paper for this one too. Um, hey, Frank, w- one of the things I, I heard about you before we start was that uh, you were a professional drummer in your early days. So do, do you want to tell us how you went from professional drumming to sales and technology? I want to tell you, that was a great part of my life. I left school, I uh, became a failed accountant. They actually fired me after 10 months and then uh, did what I always wanted to do. I became a drummer in a rock and roll band. It was amazing. Traveled all over. I worked with incredible people. I backed some of the world's top cabaret artists. And uh, then I got married and I realized I wasn't going to stay married for long if I stayed as a professional drummer. And I had to do something. I didn't know what to do, but I had a friend who was in sales, in financial services, and he had a swimming pool, tennis court, Mercedes, all the things that I wanted. Anyway, I found out where he worked, knocked on the manager's door. I said, uh, I've come to sell. Failed three interviews, failed three aptitude tests. Uh, but I think the, the reason I failed is because my hair was down on my shoulders and I had a big shaggy beard. <laughs> but uh, I phoned the, the manager every morning at 8 o'clock for three months until he gave in and gave me a job. And that was my start into sales. And I still remember what he said that first morning. I said, what is selling all about? He said, it's the easiest thing in the world. You get into the office, 8 o'clock in the morning, pick up the phone, you cold call for two hours. People will swear at you, they'll put on the phone, and every day four people will say yes. See four people a day, get one sale, bring me five sales a week. And really what that taught me was the discipline to go out and do the things that other people wouldn't do. Uh, the discipline to call, call anybody anytime. And although it's, it's moved on now, it's taught me the law of averages. If you do the activity, the results are going to come. So moving from drumming to technology, I, I was a people person there. I was, you know, when you play in a band, you're gauging the audience all the time and you change your music to suit the mood of the people. When you have breaks, you go and meet people. So moving into sales, it was exactly the same thing. I was going, I was meeting people, loved entertaining, um, and sorting out people's problems. Uh, What I also loved about moving into sales and technology was I had the freedom to work for myself, unlimited earning potential, and the future was up to me, and that's what I've always loved. So it was a big move, but for me, it's, it's not much different now because I do speaking all over the world. I'm still on the stage. I'm still connecting with people and uh, doing what I love. Fantastic. It seems like you have, you know, you'd mentioned there about making calls for three months um, at, at eight o'clock in the morning to that, that uh, company that you wanted to work for. And not many people would do that and, and have the, the resilience and the discipline to do that. It, it, you know, is, is this um, selling, therefore, something that came natural to you? Before you started I think it doing. was. I, I, you know, when you're playing in a band, you're actually selling yourself to the audience. Every time you get up there and play, yeah. they're sitting there looking at you, and you've got to sell yourself over that by the end of the evening, they love what you're doing. They're all coming. They're clapping. They're speaking to you because if you do a great job, they're going to be coming back all the time. If you're not really good, if you don't connect, they're never going to come back again. You're never going to have an audience. So for me, music and, and sales is, is so similar. And you must also, you, you, you've, tra- you've 
travelled and spoken in 53 countries, you must you must also love that aspect of, of travelling. And I guess the the musical life would have been a bit nomadic as as well. Um, you know, what, what's life really like for you doing all this globe trotting? I, I am a bit of a gypsy. I love travelling and. When I came into the full-time speaking business, I thought to myself, uh, what is my model going to be? And I thought, well, I want to speak all over the world, stay in the most exotic locations, travel and, and have fun. And that's what my life's all about now. It's, it's 70 to 80% traveling. Uh, I have three homes. I've got one in Spain, one in London, and one in the U.S. Spend about five months a year in, in Florida where my home is. And then I also do speaking tours every year because – uh, I looked at the most people's speakers' models, and it, you know, each week it's a new talk. And I just thought when we were in a band, we would go and we would do tours all over. So that's what I do for myself as a speaker. I go, I do two, two tours to USA each year, one to Australia, Far East, two to the Middle East. And when I'm home, I'm working on my business. So like last night, I worked till 2 o'clock in the morning, and I love that freedom to just be myself. But if I want to get up at half past nine or ten o'clock in the morning, I can do that as well. So my whole life is just about having fun, seeing new places, connecting with people, and uh, just helping with some of the things that I can share with them. Fantastic! Well, it's a, you're a really great example of how how people can have you know, more freedom and make it their living and and, and create a, a fascinating life, uh, very different to you know maybe being in a you know nine to five or nine to seven or eight corporate job. Yeah, absolutely, because about 80% of the people hate what they're doing. And for me, it's just get out and do what you love doing. You've got to create your own future. Great. So, so moving on to, on to sales now, I mean, how from your experience has sales changed in business over the last few years? Well, for me, technology has changed everything because uh, I remember the old days, if I was going to go and see somebody before I'd go and see them, I'd try and qualify them, find out everything I could about them. Now they qualify me. Before I even go and see them, they would have gone onto my website, they would have gone onto my LinkedIn, checked, maybe checked out my Facebook, take a look at my YouTube channel, and they are now qualifying me. If my website is horrible, that's their impression, and, and uh, they don't even want to see me. So if they come to my website, my website is my showroom. Uh, it's got to be absolutely fantastic. And business is now global. In the old days, if I was working in London, my area, my patch might be the United Kingdom. My patch is now global. With the Internet, I can now sell to anybody, anywhere, anytime. We can sell goods. We can help, uh, sell products. And the thing is, we've still got to do the things that we've always done that would make us successful. People just buy in different ways. I'm an old guy. I like to meet someone, shake their hand, look into their eyes, get a gut feel. My son is a 30-year-old lawyer. He does not want to meet anybody. He does everything on his iPhone. Now, we're both buyers. We are just different buyers. And if I'm a salesperson, I've got to connect with that young person who does everything on his iPhone I've got to connect with myself, people like myself, where we still want to meet and socialize. So it has changed a lot. And, and technology and social media has done incredible things for us. But it's not instead of the old way of selling. It's on top of the old way of selling. We've still got to do what we've always done and then just add in all of these fantastic new tools that we've been given. And, and I guess, the, therefore, the, the important thing is that we do keep up with technology because it's it's easy to, you know, fall behind. I'm an example of this I've had this week in that I, 
I bought myself a, a new car. And I'd, my last card actually had for eight years, and I have been astonished by how the technology with that car has shifted in eight years. Um, I kind of got left behind. It doesn't really matter, but if I did the same thing with the technology that's important for me in terms of selling, in terms of mobiles and iPods and the Internet, uh, and, and got behind, then I must, would be missing out on all sorts of opportunity. I mean, it's so true. I'll I just take an example. Uh, I've got an Audi Q7. And uh, when we got out two weeks of sunshine, I opened up the, the sunroof, and I couldn't close it. So I took it into Audi, and they said it's going to be $5,000. And after I got up from the floor, after my mild heart attack, I said, uh, anyway, they, they did something really good for me. But the, the great thing was they had it for two days. They were replacing or fixing the sunroof. But I got constant videos from them from the actual mechanic showing me what he was doing and giving me a running commentary and I got these emails, and I could speak to the service person. I could go into a profile, check it out. I could check his profile out, and I just thought, how ah, this has changed. You know, in the old days, I would say, listen, I've taken my car, and it's cost me a grand, and I don't even know what they're doing. That's amazing. So, so was that something that they do voluntarily, or did, did you ask them to do it? No, no. This is something that they've changed to do. Each of their mechanics is given a, a camera, and while they're going on with the big jobs and that kind of thing, they're taking the forms, passing it on to the service advisor. The service advisor is uploading it and sending me emails. It's just wonderful what they're doing. Wow, that is, that is so good. I, I, my, my car got a BMW, and something, I think a real, a real error that they missed was, well, they, firstly, they forgot to put the parcel shelf back into the car while they were cleaning it. And uh, I contacted the garage and said, I've got home, there's no parcel shelf. And they said, well, when, can you come and... Uh, come and collect the parcel shelf, and it's 21, 22 miles away. So actually, no, I, it's not very convenient for me. I'm not coming over to that area very often. So I said, well, couldn't you at least maybe send it down to, I'd like it at my home, but if you can't do it to my home, I'll collect it from a local dealer. Um, so I'm now collecting it from a local dealer, and I thought, you know, I've just spent all this money on a car. It would have been nice if it could have been perhaps delivered to my house uh, yeah. on the extra mile. Uh, I think that's a missed opportunity. I mean, so many of these people are, I mean, they're missing out on, on so much by just not picking up the little opportunities and creating magical moments. Yeah, yeah, it's great. We've got, we've got just three minutes till um, commercial break. So I do want to quickly ask you, you, you talk about, refer to three types of sales, the traditional sales, unrecognized sales force, and the unseen sales force. Do you want to just sort of top line explain to us what the difference is? Okay, so the traditional sales is what we've always known, uh, done. I go in, I see somebody, get them to like me, buy from me. The unrecognized sales force is everybody that works for you that says, I'm not in sales, I'm in accounts, I'm in IT. Everybody that touches somebody else is in sales. And then, of course, the unseen sales force, these are the people that we don't even know are looking for us. And their starting point is doing a Google search. If you come up on the first page, you stand a great chance if your website is all about them solving their problems, you stand an incredible chance. And we've got to do all three. We've got to get all three right. The first one, really, the traditional sales, is what I call interruption marketing. I'm interrupting somebody, saying to them, buy my product, buy my service. Moving over to the third one, which is what I call this is attraction marketing. People saying, I've got a problem. Please help me with my problem. Uh, I'm going onto the internet. I'm doing a search. So we've got to get all three of those right. Uh, and, I, and I guess, you know, what, what seems to happen today 
is you know some of that traditional sales role is maybe uh, is different because people are doing a lot of that research up front through the internet, aren't they? So maybe they're, they're at a different stage in terms of their thinking quite often uh, than they would be have been maybe ten years ago before they oh, were a salesperson. I mean, if I'm going to go and see somebody now, if I've got an appointment or something, the first thing I do is I take a look at their LinkedIn profile. And that tells me a lot about that person. I check out their website. That tells me a hell of a lot about that person. Uh, and then I'll go and see if they've got YouTube. I want to see some videos about them, their products or their services. So I'll qualify somebody before I actually see them. Mm. Mm. Very, very different, isn't it? To something very different to when I was teaching sales training at Mars Confectionery 20 years ago. <laughs> but I tell you what, there was nothing wrong with that uh, training that we had there, Chris. So many companies now are not training their people anymore, and there's so many hopeless salespeople out there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, definitely. Well, we're, we're going to get a commercial break now, and after the break, we can talk about that uh, some more. So we'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. Engage with Andy Bush takes you inside the mind of a top global market and public policy analyst who has been featured regularly on CNBC, Yahoo Finance, and numerous radio and television programs. Our program will bring you guests and stories from the top of the political and business worlds. Each show includes Andy's point of view roundup and what it means for you at home. Life's complicated. Let Andy help you figure it out. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. Again, I'm back with uh, Frank Finesse, and we're talking about how to sell in business today. Um, so, Frank, we were talking about, um, about traditional selling, and um, you know, what, um, when it comes to traditional selling, what do you think are the key changes over that, uh, you know, that training that we used to give maybe 20 years ago? Well, I love the training that I got because it taught me all of the basics. Firstly, it taught me how to dress, uh, clean nails, smile, 
good breath, the most basic thing any salesperson needs. I mean, I go into some places now and I can't get near the person because of the bad breath, you know, and straight away that turns me off. So, so many of the places have, they're not putting in regular training, they're not sharpening up their people, a person comes in, they give them a week's training, and then they hope they're going to go out there and do the best and then wonder why that person doesn't make it. So, I think so many of the companies have got to go right back to the basics with selling, going out there, how to find the business, connecting with clients, and giving incredible service. Because when we think about it now, with so many of the, the products and services out there, products, services, pretty similar. The only thing that differentiates you is the relationship and the service that you give those clients. And so many companies are not giving great service. What are you doing? And again, that's your unrecognized sales force. The other thing that's happening with salespeople now are they not doing some of the things that they should be doing. They're doing the things that are easy, not the hard things. And we're being distracted by things like email. I see some salespeople and they'll sit for a half a day working on the emails. Well, pick up the phone, talk to somebody, go out and visit that person. I know it's easier to do an email, but if I get an email, I'll put it to one side. If I get a phone call, I'll speak to someone. And even better, if somebody comes in to see me, that's the way I want to work. So, in some ways, the, the internet has, has been great. In other ways, it's, been, it's giving us excuses not to do the things we should be doing. Uh, that's, that's very, very true. And you can get lost in that whole world of the internet, can't you, if you're not careful. And as you mentioned there, that, you know, this is about relationships. And, uh, and that's, that's been a consistent throughout history, really. Yeah, I mean, the bottom line is people buy from people. And you either do that face-to-face or if you're going to do it on the internet, you bring it alive. You bring it in with video. You bring it in with live chat. So you're still dealing with people. And what um, – I mean, there have been you know, advances as well in, in terms of understanding how, you know, how our brains work, for example. And I know you've got some views about logical and, and emotional-based selling. Um, what, are the, um, you know, what are the clues about – whether someone is logical or more emotional in their in the way they're influenced, and how do we appeal to the different biases, and you know, what does this greater depth of understanding taught us in terms of how we might behave a bit differently? Well, we we know we get four different kinds of personalities. You get the drivers, bottom line kind of people walk in, and I had one recently walked in. He said, "You've got eighteen minutes. Start talking." I had to get my point across within eighteen minutes. I love those people. Uh, then expressives like myself, very expressive, outgoing. You then get your amiable kind of people that want a long-term relationship before they're going to buy. And then you get your analyticals, which just work on facts and figures. Now, those are the only people really that are logical buyers. They want facts and figures. If they say, I want to think about it, they actually go away and think about it. And a lot of the traditional people go and they try and do a logical sale to an emotional kind of person. Remember, about 75% of those I'm speaking about might be emotional buyers. So people make their decisions based on logic, but they act on emotion. How do we start bringing that emotion into the sale? We're in a visual society. We've got to start using right brain selling. And there's so many things we can do now. We're, we're a visual society. When I go in and I see somebody... I can now pull out my iPad. I can go through a whole lot of things. I can show them pictures. I can show them videos. I can get them totally involved. I don't have to send them just a whole lot of facts and figures, which some people would love, but about 75% of the people are going to be bored with it, uh, and you're not going to connect with them. 
So it's really trying to identify which are those logical buyers. And it's, it's fairly simple to do because logical buyers are going to be accountants, lawyers, uh, engineers, those kind of people. They buy logically. But just about everyone else is going to be an emotional buyer. And we've got to know how to change from logical to emotional. Mm. And you, and you, were, you were talking talking there an example which was about technology, and you know, that as we mentioned, the, the technology has changed. Uh, you know, what what sort of technologies are people utilising in their sales processes today? You give an example of video. I mean, video is fantastic. So I've, I've got six hundred and fifty videos. I've got sixty five video testimonials. If you say you're good, nobody believes it. If somebody else says you're good and they're doing it on video, it is just incredibly powerful. And what I do now is I have some of my products and services. I put it onto my iPhone and I put it onto my iPad. I now have an iPhone projector, which is tiny. It's the size of a cigarette box. I connect it up. Uh, if I'm going in and, I, and I'm seeing maybe a, a board of directors, there's three or four of them, I can go onto a wall, switch it on, show them all my products or services, and they're blown away. Even better than that, I've got a little projector from a company called Merlin Digital. It's got a two gigabyte hard, hard drive. Uh, the screen size is the size of any normal kind of screen. I can hold it in my hand. I can do a full PowerPoint presentation. I can do all of my videos and put it into my pocket when I'm finished. Now, firstly, it blows them away, and I, I know when to use it. If I'm with a logical buyer and I know they're not into that kind of stuff, I don't even take it out. Uh, if I'm with an auditory and they just want to talk, I'll leave it alone. But if I see they're asking questions, I pull it out and I put it up there and they're blown away. So technology has influenced selling in massive, massive ways. Some of the other things, there's, there's no more borders now. We can sell to anybody, anywhere using technology. Uh, we, you know, we've got the opportunity to play with the big boys now. In the old days, you had to be one of the really big players to get onto TV. Not anymore. You can now go onto YouTube and if you know what you're doing, you can be up there with the big boys and you can be selling to a whole international market. That's a, that, that really is a, you know, it's a, it's a shift in, in consciousness, isn't it, in terms of you know, learning how to do that. From- yeah, I mean, it's selling is, is, it's changed totally. And if, if companies are not keeping up with all of these, they're not using all three of their sales forces, they're not using technology, they're going to get left behind because, believe me, their competition – when they go into it, they're going to steal a big market share away. And I see this happening with companies all the time. Mm. Um, so so what, um, what other sort of top tips do you have around traditional selling and doing it even better today? Again, for me, it's just getting back to those basics. Um, I wrote a book called Walking with Tigers, Success Secrets of the World's Top Business Leaders many years ago. And uh, what I did is I wrote to 400 of the world's top salespeople. And I said, what is it that makes you so good? And I base a lot of my sales training on those statistics. And the first thing is belief and focus. You've absolutely got to believe in your product or service. And you've got to focus like a laser beam. Don't be distracted at all. That's the number one that came through from the top salespeople. One of the other things you've got to do is you've got to treat your customers way better than anybody else. Uh, the third thing you've got to do is you've got to set your own personal goals because nobody works for money. You work for what the money can do for you. So if you've got personal goals, you're going to go back and you're going to sell a hell of a lot better because you're following all of those goals. So, And again, you know, go online and buy my book, Walking with Tigers. There's so many stories in there on what we've got to do. But for me, it's just getting back to those basics 
absolutely focus on what you've got to do and relationships are everything. And I, I suppose the, you know, what a lot of people do is read books and uh, you know, it's great belief and focus and it all makes sense. The key though, isn't it, is that you put these things into practice and you make them, you, you live and breathe them and, and walk the talk. You want to yeah. be one of the tigers. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's so many great books out there, and I read about five business books a month. Now, most of them are saying the same kind of thing, but I'm always picking up one or two new things that I can use in there. And um, I'm, I mean, I'm on a lot of websites, a lot of newsletters that's keeping me up to date with all of the changes because there are wonderful, wonderful things we can use now. I mean, in technology, I have my own online newspaper that goes out with all the latest social media news every week. and. If anybody's interested, if you just go to frankssocialmediatips.com, you can subscribe for that. And I just use a little piece of software that automates all of that for me. Um, which creates a point of difference. And um, quite interesting, I, I, you know, quite a lot of people out there still send you know, newsletters, for example, in a very, you know, in a very kind of relaxed way, really, with, uh, with just a, a few paragraphs of text. And, and what you do is you, your newsletter is, um, is, is, is more, has more content to it. It's got more pictures to it. There's uh, you know, video and those sorts of things. Um, you know, w- w- I guess you're sitting in the latter camp, but, but what, what's your view on, views on this? Because uh, I do see people st- sticking to the old methodologies. Well, I get about 10 newsletters a week. I delete nine of them. The one that I read is the one that gives me great content that's going to help me. They're not trying to sell me any product or service, but if, I, if they give me great news, I'm going to go back and buy their products or services because they are the experts in the field. If I take an example, there's a lady called Mari Smith, M-A-R-I Smith, and she's the world's foremost expert on how to use Facebook for business. Sign up for her newsletter. It comes out every Friday, and it is short and sweet. That's my sort of attention span. There's three tips and all three of the tips are absolutely wonderful. It's the one newsletter I read every week. If your company's got a newsletter, don't let it be boring. If it's boring, people are going to opt out of it. If you're trying to sell, people are going to opt out of it. Make it interesting. Tell stories and share good content. Great, um, great uh, tips there. And you mentioned that you read about five books a month. What, you know, what um, if, if there were two or three books that you'd recommend that everybody should read, what would they be? Um, I try and find a lot of books on social media. There's one book that I really like. It's called Selling to Vita, How to Sell to Very Important Top Officers. And that's all about the old traditional selling style of how to get through gatekeepers and how to get to decision makers. Absolutely wonderful, wonderful book. Um, I like any books by Seth Godin because he's sort of on the cutting edge of the tie-up between the old and uh, the new technology over there. And then any books I can buy on social media or digital engagement, I buy just about everyone, and I, I love those books. Right. Yeah. I love Seth Godin as well. And he's, he's kind of quite, uh, quite sort of big picture in some ways, but with, with some really good ideas. His, his, his books aren't, uh, you know, they're a good read, I think. I love Tribes yes. is one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, a Purple Cow is one of my other favorites. Oh, How do you stand out? Yes. <laughs> um, so let's move on to the unrecognized sales force then. Um, you know, let's talk a little bit about them. We've got four minutes till break. We can continue afterwards. Um, what are, do you have some, maybe some examples that you could share of where the, this, this unrecognized sales force has, uh, 
has done uh, significant things or any views around how we should train everybody to sell? Well, the thing is, I, I go in and I work with a lot of the companies with the unrecognized sales force and make them realize what they're doing. So uh, I worked with a company called Gainesville Health and Fitness in America. What I didn't realize was in a little town like Gainesville, 270,000 people, they have 27,000 members at their health club. It is recognized as almost one of the top in, in America and one of the top four in the world. Kakul Joe Cerulli runs it. And he says everybody is part of that unrecognized sales force. Now, when you get back to the old-fashioned way of selling, everybody there is a salesperson. When they start, they get given an 85-page manual, and it has things like your dress code, what you've actually got to wear. There's things like no earrings or no tattoos showing. Everybody's got to wear uniforms. If you're in the gym, this is the way you've got to dress. Uh, Simple things like when a new member walks in, smile, connect with them find out their name, welcome them. Uh, for me, he's just a brilliant example of the unrecognized sales force, and there you go, amongst one of the top four health and fitness clubs in the world. Another one is Southwest Airlines. I always fly with Southwest Airlines. It's a cheap and cheerful airline, just like many others out there, except it's got incredible customer service, and you're always, always going to have some fun, because that's what it's about. It, it's, it's a fun airline. In fact, just go online to YouTube and just type in Southwest Airlines and see how many videos there are, not put up there by Southwest, but put up by people that love the experience they have. See that unrecognized sales force. These are your check-in clocks. These are your people that are serving you on the airplane. Everyone is a character. And then one of my other favorites is a hotel in Dubai called La Royal Meridian. Uh, they are just incredible. Lady is the, the manager over there. I wrote about her in my book. Uh, every year, she is recognized as the top hotel in the Middle East. Last year, her hotel was the top spa hotel in the world. And she just sat with me, and she went through about 10 things on the unrecognized sales force. And it starts at the top. She says she's a leader. How does she make, how does she make it a fun experience for everybody to work for her? Those leaders also have got the balance right between fun and motivation and hard work. Uh, She has simple things like uh, she has her Meridian Oscars once a year. Mm. She's got now 2,500 people that work for her. And all of the top people in every department get a little gold Oscar award. It is a big ceremony where they have a band, they have everything. And uh, my favorite butler, Roy, over there, he's got two gold Oscars, and they all walk around with these little Oscars. Now, I mean, he's a butler. They have waiters. They have chefs over there. Everybody gets that recognition. So we've got to think about everybody that works for us. Are we recognizing them? Because a lot of the times in sales, we have our top salespeople, and we're giving them all of the recognition. We're making them feel fantastic. But without that back office, without the support, without everything else, uh, they're never going to be great. So we've got to think about all of those unrecognized sales force. I think that's really, really important. And I, I sort of experienced, you know, you, you speak work with different functions and sometimes people think, well, you know, I don't work in sales. That's, that's their role over there. And actually they're completely missing the trick because actually it's, it's everybody's role, isn't it? We're all, we're all representing the company. And uh, we can all have an influence over over customers and influence whether they buy or not. Absolutely. Uh, really important. So we're going to go to commercial break again, and uh, this is the final one, and we'll be back with you again in just a, a couple of minutes.
Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Kless. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called The Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. If you want to know about investing in emerging and frontier markets, or if you have experience in this field but still need to know more, tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham. Gavin explores news, current trends, and insights about both categories of investing. His guest experts, along with his own knowledge, will help you stay above the line when it comes to growth potential, whether in funds or equities. He will look at what to invest in and avoid. Tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm back with uh, Frank Furness. And uh, sorry, Frank, I keep, I keep going between calling you Furness and Furness because uh, uh, different people use a different pronunciation. <laughs> Makes no difference as long as they go to frankfurness.com. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I did say I'll call you Furness, but I've just got so used to so many people calling you Furness. Um, so I'm struggling to go between the two. Um, so let's talk about the um, unseen sales force. And what are the key aspects that we really must be mindful of and what do we really need to do well today? Well, the first thing, Chris, is we've got to have a great website. Remember, that's our shop window. Also, the, the website has got to be constantly changing. If there's no new content coming on, no new video, no new articles, nothing new coming onto it, firstly, our customers are not going to come back again. But more importantly, Google is not going to come back. The whole Internet is about new information. So my model really is I want everybody to go to my website. That's my my sales vehicle. How do I get them there? Three methods. 
uh, I have videos. I make lots of videos, and the videos then all have a call to action, sending them to the website. I have articles. Articles all have a call to action, sending them to the website and the newsletter. Now, that's great having videos, articles, and a newsletter, but how do you get people to watch the video? How do you get people to read the articles? That's where I bring in social media. So let's say I make a, a new video about how to put live links into your video. I will then put that up onto YouTube, but then I go to Facebook. I tell everybody about it. I tweet about it. I then go to LinkedIn. And this is a very powerful one, LinkedIn. I belong to 51 groups. These groups are people who buy my goods or services. In those 51 groups, there's 1 million people. I would go and I would say, listen, I've got a great new video on how to put live links into your website. And I share it on LinkedIn, and it's like having an opt-in email going to 1 million people. Think about the power of that. And I then use a little piece of software to automate all of that, and it costs me about $11 a month, and that's called Hootsuite. So that's my whole strategy over there, my sales strategy online. Website is your show vehicle. Get people there through the videos, articles, newsletter, and you drive them through social media. That's really helpful, but I think there's a lot of people, and I've been guilty of it myself, sort of tinkering with this and, and not really having a clear strategy, and that's really clear, Frank. It just works so well because, I mean, the biggest mistake I see most people making, they do a lot of marketing stuff, they do videos and uh, they do articles, and there's no call to action. There's always got to be a clear call to action on everything you do online. Hmm. Uh, Absolutely. And you, you, you video, you you've have 650 videos, and I think you mentioned, you mentioned to me before the interview that you'd love to have a, have a, a thousand. And obviously, you love video. How has how video, you know, how can it help us? And what are your top tips when it comes to using video for sales purposes? I mean, right now, we're living in a visual society, and YouTube is just massive. It's, a, it's the second biggest search engine. In fact, I don't do Google searches anymore. I do a YouTube search because I would rather watch a video than read an article. Uh, the great thing is it's selling people buy from people. This is the way that you bring it alive. Uh, you can get millions and millions of views for free. It's, it's your best shop vehicle, your, your best shop window. There's some interesting statistics that have come out. About a year ago, I would have said uh, you've got about two minutes. That's your, your average length that you should have. For your videos. Latest statistics came out last week, 36 seconds. How do you get your message across in 36 seconds? In the first three seconds, you've got to tell people why they're watching that video. I watch some videos and it takes me a half a minute before I get into it. I'm so frustrated, I click out of it. Tell them straight away why they should be watching it. Also, I learned an important lesson. I went on a TV presenter's course at... Uh, uh, where do they make all the James Bond films? Uh, Pinewood Studios. And because I'm a speaker, I stand up and present all the time. I thought I would be great, and I've made hundreds of videos. And they ripped me to pieces, and I took on board what I was doing wrong. I was trying to present on TV. So here's the difference. Let's say I'm trying to teach somebody how to close a sale. If I'm standing in front of an audience, I'm going to say, listen, I'm going to show you three ways to close a sale. If I'm on YouTube, it's one-on-one. -on -one. I'll say to somebody, you know, you must probably out there selling today and you're not closing enough sales. And you're wondering, how can I close more sales? Well, what I want to do today 
is share some ideas with you on how to close that sale. Now, can you see the huge difference between the two? The one I'm almost standing lecturing, the other one I'm having a conversation. So video can help us massively out there. And remember those small tips over there, 36 seconds. Can you get your message across? Start off with why they've got to watch the video, great content, and then a call to action. Uh, Frank, I'm, I'm kind of smiling to myself because yesterday I just launched a new website, uh, chriscooper.co.uk, and, and I was talking with the developer, and we were talking about the Chris Cooper um, page a bit about me, and I'd probably written a little bit too much, and uh, he was saying, you know, I should maybe have some clear, distinct headings. And we looked at the analytics, and what we noticed was that people were looking at that page on average for 36 seconds. Amazing, isn't it? I mean, that's... That's really what people's attention span is. And how do we get that message across in every form of media? Um, yeah, so it, it, it's true. So, yeah, we've got to keep them short, haven't we? People. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Our attention span, I mean, that's what the internet has done. It's made our attention span so short. We want that stuff. Quick, instant gratification. Excellent. So how, um, how would you recommend that, uh, you know, pe- people with uh, maybe listening here have got a part of corporates and large businesses, how would you really recommend that they utilize video? You know, we talk a bit about, you know, it's the speakers and small business owners utilizing it, but what should, should a Southwest Airlines or someone like that do with video? Okay, great question. And I work with a lot of these big companies. I go in and, and video is really my speciality. So I spend a lot of time training them, showing them what to do. Here's a couple of ideas. Get video testimonials. And I've also found a way of getting a great video testimonial. Again, maximum two minutes. But you've got to coach people a little bit. So the first 10 seconds is their elevator speech, who they are, what they do, how they can help you. The next minute or so is them talking about your great company, your products or your services, but coach them. You don't want them saying, well, I bought this product. It's amazing. It's fantastic. Rather let them say things like, By using this new chemical, we've cut down waste by 20% or we've improved productivity by X amount. And that way, there's something tangible. So somebody watching that video says, actually, I also want to cut down my waste by 20% or I want to increase my productivity. So video testimonials are great. Another way you can use it, you're a big corporate or you're a tiny company, staff training. Think about it. You just take this new person on board. You spend a whole week training them. A week later, they're saying, uh, how do I do that again? But I, I just showed you a week. I showed you. Yeah, but I forgot. Have videos so that they can go in and they can see it all the time. Technical explanations you can use in the company and out of the company. So imagine you've got some technical guys maybe fitting phones or doing something technical outside there. They can have all of the technical videos on their phones that can help them with what they're doing. You can have it on your website or you could have your clients that could go into a certain, a certain section that will help them with all their technical stuff. There's got to be video on the website, every page of your website. Every page of my website, have a look at frankfurness.com, has got video telling people what's on that page and why they should be going through it. Statistics show me that people watch the videos. And do you, uh, do you load all your videos up to um, uh, up, up to YouTube, or because I mean, some some corporates, for example, their staff may not have access to that. Uh, do you have a view on where where these things should be hosted? Okay, so all of my stuff is hosted on YouTube, 
mainly because I can use their bandwidth. It loads quickly. It's very, very fast. But you can then just take, uh, you can just take the code from there and put that video onto your website. Um, or you can take it and, and use it on Vimeo. But I like to use YouTube mainly because of the search engine optimization. If you get it up there, millions of people are going to watch it on YouTube. But they've also got the opportunity to watch it on your website. There's some, some other great ideas, Chris, as well, is have videos of Meet the Team. It always comes back to people do business with people. They watch the videos of the people and say, oh, I like the look of Chris. I'm going to get him to come in and work with my company. Mm. You've got to have a YouTube channel. Every big company, I say to them, this is your TV channel. So you, have you got your own TV channel? It's free. It's free. Next big thing, let's say you've got one of your salespeople. They've just gone out to see somebody. They come back. What about doing a video email? I love video email. There's so much you can do with it. And the place to go for that is a website called iJot, E-Y-E-J-O-T, iJot.com. Just think about it. Your salesperson's gone out, just got a big order. They come back. They do a video email. Hey, Chris, this is Frank. Thanks so much for that order. I really look forward to working with you, meet the team, all kinds of stuff. It just brings it alive. Recruitment. You can use videos for recruitment. You can have people that are really pretty happy in your company talking about why they joined the company, what's so good about it. Success stories. I mean, it's just unbelievable how much we can use video. Tell those success stories. You can have questions and answer videos. How to... And, and again, here's a little tip. Any video that you've got out there, in your keywords, every video has got to have how-to. Because just think about it. If you go onto YouTube, what do you type in? Uh, how to fix my car. How to fix my toilet. How to find uh, an internet provider. How to get better SEO. So how-to has got to be one of your keywords. Tutorial videos. Uh, you've got product demos. Expert interviews. Again, if you look at my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com, forward slash sales tips 650 videos over there stacks there's one whole channel on expert interviews whenever I meet some of the world's top experts out comes my camera and I do an interview you can have video tips your 30 second Friday tip if you're a big chemical company going out to all your distributors they all watch their 30 second tip if you're a publisher all of the book people can watch the 30 second tip 20 second tip whatever it is video tips Product launches, sales videos, I mean, there's about 15, 20 different ways you can use video in business, whether you're a one-man band or the biggest company out there. Frank, I think there's absolute gold dust in that lot, and, um, and I, think it is, I think it's absolutely, absolutely critical and, and really valuable. I did a big piece of work last, last year with a client, and we, we created 15 sort of great videos helping them to articulate their proposition, which I acted as an interviewer on. And another of my clients has done something recently which I, I loved, uh, which was um, they're, a, they're a brewer and they, they interviewed um, members of, of the factory staff and, and through, the, through a series of short videos they explained the production process for making a pint. And uh, really interesting stuff and really engaging as well to see, you know, meet some of the people who make your beer and how enthusiastic they are, how long they've been, uh, you know, in the business. Um, and I, I sent the whole lot to my father, actually, because um, he likes a pint and thoroughly enjoyed it. And I just think a really en engaging piece of, uh, piece of marketing. 
Now, you know what you've really done there, which is great, Chris, is you've taken that unrecognized sales force and given them recognition. I tell you what, their videos up there, they're going to be the proudest people in the world because their videos up there. Before, they'd never be given that recognition. Uh, I did the same. I was working with uh, Rolls-Royce Motors in South Africa. And whenever a new motor goes out, now we take all of the workers, we take a photograph, they all sign the photograph that goes out with that, and a little video of them actually working on the motor, and they love it to pieces, and the new client loves it as well. Great idea. Great idea. Very powerful. And, and so, I mean, how um, you've got a lot of people who follow you on YouTube, um, how important are things like getting your YouTube videos ranked when you see videos there and you've had quite a lot of looks and you know three people like them and 12 don't? Or is, is Okay, that- good question there, Chris. So again, get your pens and papers out because I'm going to tell you how YouTube rank your videos because you, know, you, can, you can spend thousands getting the best video out there. If you've got five views or 20 views, it's pretty useless. Nobody likes it, uh, especially not YouTube. They like a, a lot of, people viewing. So here's what YouTube likes. The first thing is you've got to have some keywords in the title. So again, if you have to type in sales technology speaker, uh, you'll see I own the, the internet for that title over there. But I've got those keywords in the title of every one of my videos. So you might even be a corporate law firm, London. So you want that keyword in every title. You want the keywords in the description. So XYZ is a a law firm in London that specialize in corporate law. There's your keywords again. The third place you've got to do it is put the keywords into your tags. Now, again, remember, those three are going to be the same on your articles. YouTube, another thing they want is they want incoming links. Very, very importantly, they look at the time watched. If you have got a boring, horrible video, people watch it for three seconds, YouTube is not going to promote it. Remember, YouTube and Google are all about good information. So they will monitor the time watched on that there. They look at the total video views. So, of course, you want to get a lot of views. They look at things like your likes and dislikes. Now, again, when I talk about a call to action, at the end of every one of my videos, I say, if you enjoy the video, please click the like button, please share it, and please comment on it. Tell people what to do. And, of course, they do that. Most videos I see, they don't tell people to do that. Brilliant. Frank. So you want a few more or how's our time going? I think, I think in terms of time, we've probably got about a minute. So I think, unfortunately, we're going to have to close. So people are going to have to go and visit your website for more information. I'm sure you've got a product somewhere that shares some of this, have you? Yeah, absolutely, Chris. If they had to have a look at the website called Technology Tools for Business, technologytoolsforbusiness.com, there's a whole package I've got that goes through everything over here. Also, remember, I'm available for any keynote presentations, coaching, consulting. Take a look also at my YouTube channel, which is Sales Tips, and please connect with me on all of the social media platforms, on Twitter, on YouTube, Facebook, everywhere. Just look up Frank Furness or e- even email me, frank at frankfurness.com. Excellent. And you've got a website, frankfurness.com as well, haven't you? That's it, frankfurness.com. That's the one. Fantastic. Frank, I'd love to ask you a bit more about final thoughts and things like that. But it's, yet again, it's been an absolute pleasure. And even though I stopped writing notes because I like to listen to the interviews afterwards, I've actually got a fair amount of notes from this interview that I just had to write down on the spot. So 
Really appreciate it. hope you've been enjoying being on the show again. Wonderful. Chris, thanks for inviting me, and I look forward to the next one. Uh, you're very, very welcome, um, Frank. And on the next show, we'll be talking about educating young people with Miguel Dean, who's gone from homelessness to transforming his life into a successful educator and speaker. And once again, a big thank you to uh, Frank Furness. And uh, I do hope that you take some of his tips and thoughts um, uh, because there, there's some real gold in this interview. So uh, listen to it. And I'd love to hear your comments too. Um, Chris at chriscooper.co.uk. And um, thanks very much. Thank you for listening to Be More, Achieve More. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, typically 4 p.m. London on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.